you take in about 40 million bits of information per second. But you only keep about 40 bits. What are we doing with all of that information that's coming to us every second of every day? You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. 40 million bits of information. That's a lot. That's a lot of information coming to you, but you can't tend to all of it. So we have to do something with it. So what do we do? We delete, we generalize, we distort. Let's talk about deletion. You delete anything that is not relevant to you. Anything that your unconscious mind deems unimportant, you just delete it, get rid of it, gone. Generalization. We generalize things, and this is one of the cool things that separates the human mind from other animals and species. We have an ability to learn something once and then generalize that information forever. At one time in your life, before you had language, before you learned how to speak, you didn't know what a chair was. And then one day as you were developing your language skills, you probably pointed to one and said, well, what's that? What's that? What's that? And a parent or an authority figure said to you, that's a chair. And now you had a label chair. And maybe you pointed to another one and said, what's that? What's that? What's that? And they said, that's also a chair. And through repetition over time, you learned what a chair was. Now, when you see a chair, you don't need to ask what it is. You don't need to even think about it. You just know that that is a chair. That's generalization. So we take in information. We delete what's not important. We generalize information. So anything that's like something we have seen before or experienced before, we just label it under the same label. And then we, we distort information. So if you experience something that's unlike anything you've experienced before, you will distort it into something that's like what you've experienced before in order to understand it and rationalize it. So let's see where we are. We've taken 40 million bits of information We have deleted, generalized, and distorted that information. And we're left with about 40 bits of information. And our deletion, generalization, and distortion, this is all based on our internal filters. So we have filters in our mind that filter this information and decide what gets deleted, distorted, and and how we're going to generalize it. And this is based on your memories, past experiences, the language you speak, and and maybe other languages that you know as well. Our other filters are time, space, and matter, values, beliefs, attitudes, metaprograms, which are deeply unconscious filters that determine our personality and behavior, what we do every day. So we filter all of this information that's coming to us through our own internal filters. We delete, we distort, we generalize it. We're left with about 40 bits per second, which by the way, Um, not everyone agrees on the 40 bits. Some say it's 126, some say 134. There's a variance there depending on whose research you follow. And so we're left with this 40 bits. And this 40 bits of information becomes our internal representation. That's just NLP jargon for how you hold it in your mind, the representation in your mind, internal representation. That internal representation determines your state, 
how you feel, your physiology, your body responds to that internal representation. And that determines your behavior, what you do every day, that's either getting you results you want or don't want, and then ultimately the results you're getting in your life. Now today I want to focus on the part of of these filters. So if we're filtering information, we're all experiencing the same external event. And now is a perfect time in in human history and in life to really examine this because we're all experiencing the same thing right now. We're all experiencing a pandemic. We're all experiencing, you know, here in Canada, we're experiencing protests. We're all having the same external experience. And yet we're responding to it so entirely differently because that information, although the external event might be the same, how we filter it, our filters are different. Just the very fact that one of our filters is based on our memories, none of us, there are, there are not two people on the planet who have had the exact same life experiences. We have 7.9 billion people on the planet, give or take one or two. And each one of us has a completely unique model of the world, which is our representation of the world. Our model of the world is made up of all of these internal representations combined. So if you think that you have an internal representation for everything you have ever encountered in life, every concept, every idea, every word that you know, you have an internal representation of that. And all of them combined create your model of the world. And all of that is based on how you filter that information. So what are we actually responding to? When you react to something that's happening out there, you're never really reacting or responding to the thing itself. You're responding to the internal representation in your mind. And this entire process is happening second by second by second. It's, we can't consciously process all of this. This is done by our unconscious mind and your unconscious mind runs anywhere from, you know, 93 to 97% of your life. It's running the majority of your life and your experience. And that's what we respond to. That's when we say that your internal representations determine your state, your feelings, and then your physiology. That's what we're reacting to. We're not reacting to the thing. It has nothing to do with the actual events or the thing in front of us has everything to do with how we're organizing it inside of our minds. So we have 7.9 billion people on this planet, again, give or take one or two, and every single one of us has a unique model of the world, and that means every single one of us is experiencing the world differently. And if we could pluck you out of your model of the world and drop you right into someone else's, you wouldn't even know where you were. Your experience in someone else's model of the world would be so dramatically different. We may as well have sent you to another planet. It'd be that different. Now, today we're in this unique position in that the first time in human history, we have social media and we are exposed to so much information that's available to us every second of every day. And through that, we're exposed to so many different people's views of the world, their model of the world, their experience. And it creates this massive dissonance and confusion and this whole division and us versus them mentality. Now, I'm not saying this is the first time we've experienced this whole sense of us versus them or this other otherness 
for lack of a better word. It's not the first time we've experienced that, but for the first time ever, we're exposed to so many different interpretations of an event at once. Think about this. Before social media, and definitely before the internet, to understand someone else's experience of the world, which I don't think you can ever fully understand it, by the way. I think we can get an idea through language and communication. We can get an idea of another person's experience, how they see the world, but we can never really understand. But in order for us to have have even just got like a glimmer of that pre-internet, you would have to have access to papers, newspaper articles from around the world, magazines from around the world, people from around the world. You would have to, like, there was no way you could just open up your Instagram and read what other people are saying and doing and thinking. You wouldn't have that. So I think this is quite an amazing time we're in and that we do have the opportunity to hear from so many different people the downside of it right now is that it creates so much division because there's a sense of, well, this is my view of the world and I'm right. But here's the thing. Someone else who has a different model of the world, they are just as right within their model of the world. You see, in the past, you probably would have been surrounded by your family, your friends, people around you who shared similar views and values and beliefs and had similar, still not the same, but similar experiences. Now we are connected to people who have vastly different experiences and memories and languages and beliefs and values and attitudes about things. And, and it creates this feeling of separation in that, well, I think this way, and this is the right way. No, I think it's this way. And this is the right way. No, I believe this and this is right. And it's creating all this division And at the same time, everyone within their own model of the world is correct. Those are their views and they're correct. And we can never really understand what another person's experience of life is. We can, again, we can get an idea through communication, through language, through curiosity, getting really curious about this other person and how is it that they could possibly see this event so dramatically different than I see it? How is it possible that so many people can look at these world events and view them from so many different angles. And now I want to talk about the situation specifically in Canada with the Freedom Convoy, because this has created so much separation in my own country. And and I think it's, in my lifetime anyway, it's the first time in Canada we've really seen something on this big of a scale. So at the very top of it, we have people who agree. So if we if we chunk all the way up, Logically, if we chunk all the way up, at the highest level of this, people want freedom. And that's something I think most of us can agree to. I think if you were to ask any human, um, I would, I would, I would say that probably everyone wants freedom, that we could all agree to freedom. Uh, I'd be hard pressed to find a human who was like, no, 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 don't give me freedom. But they, there might be, there might be. So at the highest level, it's about freedom. And then just under that, it's about freedom from these mandates and body autonomy, right? Don't tell me what to do with my body. And I would say a big majority of people can agree to that, that they support that. And that's what the intention, that's what the start of this protest was about. But then as we keep chunking down, 
we start getting into divisions. So we start getting into different ideas and different philosophies and different reasons why people want these things. And then we start getting these fractions of society who are, you know, like fringe, have very fringe beliefs and views. And we see things like um, anti-Semitism at these rallies, which the vast majority of us would say, say that that is wrong. And we absolutely disagree with that. Now, the problem is that people who aren't in support of these protests then take that little fringe group and make that about the whole. But at the whole, at the highest level, it is about freedom and body autonomy. And and it's unfortunate that that becomes the whole and that that's what people are focusing on. And I'm saying this as a Jewish woman. I'm saying this as a Jew. I, and maybe I don't even know, this might be the first time I've talked about this on the show, I, as a Jew, I am, I am not surprised to see that at a rally like this. And it's fascinating. I'm going to divert a little bit here. It's fascinating to me because I had a friend reach out and she said, are you okay? And I wasn't okay that day for personal reasons. And I thought, oh my gosh, my friend is psychic. She's reaching out out of the blue and asking if I'm okay. And I said, no, actually, I'm not okay. And she said, well, I'm not surprised with everything going on. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. What's what's going on? What did I miss? And she said, well, with all the swastikas in Ottawa. And I went, oh, oh, that. Oh, no, that's that's not why I'm not okay. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm absolutely not okay with there being swastikas and Nazi symbols in Ottawa, in the capital of my country, where I, I should feel safe, where everyone should feel safe. And I'm not okay with those symbols and that kind of hatred showing up anywhere in the world. But she thought I'd be surprised or shocked that it would somehow have some deep effect on me. And I was looking at it in my model of the world from my viewpoint of I've been Jewish my whole life. This is not the first time I have felt anti-Semitism. It's not the first time I've been aware of it or it's been in my face. So I didn't have that shocked, angry, outrage, upset reaction, because if I reacted that way, every time I saw some semblance of anti-Semitism or Nazism, my entire life would be angry. I'd be angry and hateful and and hurt. And I would, I don't even know how I could function that way. And that still wouldn't stop that kind of attitude or behavior from happening in the world. My hurting over it or being angry and outraged by it would not stop it from continuing to happen. This is a problem that's more than 5,000 years old. My outrage is not going to stop it. And the best thing that I can do is live my life fully with joy and love and focus on the life and the world that I want. I think that's all any of us can do. And so while I'm seeing people posting about being against this freedom convoy because, because of this small fraction group, well, then you're giving that group all the attention and they don't deserve any attention. They deserve they don't deserve any eyeballs on them. They don't deserve attention. They don't deserve people to talk about them. I'm 
you know, I'm, I'm not happy that I'm talking about it right now. Um, but I think it's important to address. And I think that takes away from the overall purpose and the message and the purpose is freedom and body autonomy. Now I support freedom and I support body autonomy. And, and that doesn't, you know, that has no bearing on the fact of whether I'm vaccinated or not vaccinated. I just think that we all have to have fundamentally the right to choose for our bodies. And I would, I would, I wish, I wish it was such a, a clear cut issue, but it's not a clear cut issue. And I'm speaking for my own beliefs and you listening, you might be outraged right now. You might be angry at me. You might hate me. You might unsubscribe to my show. And I'm totally okay with that because I think it's important um, that we have these discussions and I'm, I'm okay with it. If you want to hate on me for it, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm fully okay with it. I think there are, for me and for all of us, we have fundamental beliefs and we have values that we live by and, and high values for me are the right to protest peacefully. The right to protest peacefully. That's a cornerstone of democracy. Without that, we don't have democracy. If people lose the right to stand up to the government and and challenge them and call them out and and show, to, show that we are dissatisfied with what's happening, if we lose that right, we lose freedom. And to me, freedom is a high value that we are free. Now, I, I sometimes question how free we really are. And I have a friend of mine who grew up under communism and now lives in Canada. And she said to me one day, she said, you know, growing up in my home country, um, we knew we weren't free. She said, here in Canada, the problem is that you think you are free and you're not. She said, at least we knew, at least we knew what was happening. So I don't know. Sometimes I question how free we actually are. Well, you know, what does give us freedom is freedom of thought. See, as long as you can think freely, as long as you have control over your beingness, as long as you have control over your mind, over your thoughts, as long as you have control over your emotions, you cannot be controlled and you cannot be manipulated. You cannot be, um, you know, you, you cannot be enslaved under propaganda and that, that is why I'm so passionate about teaching people NLP. NLP is really about critical thinking, freedom of thought and expression, being able to understand what's being said by politicians and marketers and, and what is being fed to you through the media, being able to decipher through that information to find out what is actually true, what is happening here. In all of this situation, I am seeing people be manipulated by language and controlled by language used against them because they don't have freedom of thought or critical thinking. As entrepreneurs, and this is also why I'm so passionate about working with entrepreneurs, is that to me, that is the, the ultimate. When you can make your own living, when you know how to sell, you know how to market, you know how to communicate effectively, you are, you know, you are in control of your mind, of your body, of your emotional self. That is freedom. That's why I love entrepreneurship. That's why I love being in business. That's why I get so excited about sales. And that's why I teach NLPs because it really is about critical thinking and freedom of mind and of self. 
So this has been a little bit of a rant. And if you're still listening, thank you for staying with me and listening through all of this. So I want to go back to where I started. We have 40 million bits of information coming to us each second. We delete, generalize, and distort that information based on our own filters. And we create an internal representation. And that's what we're really responding to. That's what we react to. And everyone within their model of the world is right within their own model of the world. Their views to them are right. This is why it's so difficult to change somebody's mind about something because it, if it comes up against their model of the world, uh, they can't even conceive of it. And then we get into, and we haven't even talked about this, and this would be a whole other episode or probably a whole series of episodes that people have different levels of consciousness they're operating from. And it depends on how conscious a person is of how they, how complex their thinking is. So we have all this information coming to us. We are left with about 40 bits, depending again on whose science you're listening to. And that shapes our reality. It is no wonder why we are so divided today. It is no wonder why we have so much conflict, why we can't agree to things like vaccines or masks, or if the protest is right or wrong. And I, I don't, I don't know. I think the way out of this, I think the way forward is that one, people need to learn to, to actually think. That sounds flippant, I know, but people need to learn how to think critically I would love to say people need to learn NLP, but I don't want this to feel like a sales pitch to you. Although I know the way to, to think critically is through learning NLP. The way to understand other people and what they mean and what they say is through NLP. And I think really the way forward is that we get curious. If we could all just respect each other's model of the world. And this is one of our presuppositions of NLP, which a presupposition is a convenient belief, an assumption if we could all accept that belief to just respect the other person's model of the world, we don't have to accept it. We don't have to adopt it. We don't have to buy into it. But if we can respect that, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what your beliefs are. I don't know what your experience is. I don't know what you know that maybe I don't know about the world. And so if we disagree on something, if we can get really curious about, well, how is it that you believe this? How is it that you view it this way? What have you experienced that I haven't experienced? You see, if if I'm on the side of the argument that I am completely for vaccines, and if you're on the side of the argument that you're against it, I don't know that maybe you had a bad experience with vaccines. Or maybe you know something that I don't know. I just know from my experience what I believe. So if we can all just respect each other's model of the world, get really curious about each other, that opens the doorway for open communication and dialogue. And that's, that's how we move forward as a society is by being open and curious, having conversations openly, not, not with the intention of persuading someone or changing their opinion, but just being really open to hearing what they have to say. How is it you believe what you believe? How did you come to that belief? What are your experiences with this in life? Where did you learn these behaviors? And if we can do that, I think that gives us a chance to come together and move forward and to get out of this mess and division. I want to leave you on this one final story. And this is 
one I I believe I have shared before on the show. So if you've heard it before, forgive me. I think it bears repeating though. When I was a teenager, I used to, you know, in my early teens, I used to spend almost every weekend at my friend Aaron's house and and we we alternated back and forth. We had sleepovers, so almost every weekend we were very very close. And I remember one morning we were at her house and we were having breakfast and something had happened. I don't remember what it was, but something something terrible had happened in the world. And we were talking about it and we were saying, is this a world we want to grow up in? What's going to be left for us? The world's a terrible, scary place. That was our view. And her dad said to us, he said, if you want the world to be a better place, believe it already is. If you want the world to be a better place, believe it already is. And that has stuck with me for my entire life. In NLP, we say you get what you focus on. If you're looking for the good in the world, you will find more good. And if you look for everything that is wrong or bad or hurtful or everything you disagree with, you'll find more of that. If you want the world to be a better place, believe it already is. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and for listening to this. I appreciate you. I appreciate all of you who are listening. And I'll be back again soon. Hope you have an amazing, amazing day. Bye for now.